This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. One of these days, I will master the ability to complete a sentence. Scott Owen. Right, what would I know? I'm just the weekend host around here. And Adam Pace. Look, I think of what other choice you have. Starting now. And welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review. James is being rested after his commentary since tonight in the Football Foundation Cup. We'll get to that later on. So I'm back in the host chair. Adam, how are you? I'm good. And uh, are you sure he's been rested? I thought we uh, locked him into the commentary box at the studio. You didn't have the key for that? Uh, no, I thought you had it. Uh, rested, locked in, one and the same, really. Oh, isn't oh it? dear. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to figure that out later. Anyway. We'll get- We'll let him out after this is done. Anyway, this is the Brisbane Football Review here on Clutch Radio, the A-League Live app, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll start this week by looking back, Adam, at the big Anzac Day clash from Round 16 in the A-League Men's Competition, where the Brisbane Royal played host to Melbourne victory on Monday afternoon at a wet Morton Daly Stadium with a one-all draw with Alex Parsons in the first goal for the Royal early in the second half. Brennan Hamill got the equaliser for the victory. What's your overall summation of the what was a very even game, although one... Lacking chances, particularly in the first half. I think it's a game that was played on a very heavy pitch. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a sign of where both teams are at at the moment. I think Brisbane Raw, they, they they had something to prove. And they really sort of tried and tried to, to, to push. And they finally got the breakthrough early in the second half. But then um, it seemed to have woke Melbourne Victory up, who, who again, I think they showed they are you know, in the top couple of teams in the league because you know they, they probably had every right to sort of, you know, to give that away almost, but they, they fought back and at least got a point out of it. So, look, I think um, I think both teams be fairly sort of, you know, happy with, you know, one point each. I don't think it doesn't help either's cause in the big picture, but I think for the occasion and I think for the, for the prevailing conditions, I think it's a good enough effort for both teams. Talk about what it means to Brisbane later on, but just for... It's always good to now we've got two points against Victor in the last couple of weeks and completely ruin their hopes for the, the premiership. Is that officially revenge for 2017 locked away now? Oh, no, I don't. I, don't. I, I, was, I was there on that night and um, I certainly, it, it's nice to, to cost them, but I still think that there's uh, more payback to come. I think uh, knocking them off in a semi-final or grand final, I think will be sufficient payback. But uh, it's always nice to at least start the uh, repayment. I did note that the other day there was a anniversary of a certain semi-final, which I thought actually got cancelled. I'm actually over that one, but the draw, the draw down name, I can't move on from that. I'm with you. We're still not fully square on that one. We lost the trophy that night. Anyway, on the actual game on Monday, it was Eli Adams' first start amongst a number of changes for the Brisbane Raw. How do you think he went? Because he looked quite sharp, didn't he, Eli, in terms of this was his first start and looked quite good. I think Eli Adams, he um, he hasn't uh, failed to impress so far coming off the bench and starting. I think he, he's a player that I think, you know, he, I think for most, uh, for most of the uninitiated, he did disappear for, you know, a month or so, he was on. He was on trial overseas, and obviously, nothing sort of you know concrete came back from that. He seems to have come back a more confident player with himself and ready for senior football. We always knew that you know at MPL level and that you know academy level that you know he was he's always you know a prized talent. But he's starting to show. He's starting to show that you know he obviously you know has that tenacity to really sort of you know hang with the big boys at a senior A League level. Absolutely. It was, it was a very even first half between the two sides. Not a lot of chances for either side out there in this one. Do you put that down to this being a, the fact that these are two very even sides with obviously Raw having a very solid defensive foundation and a victory under Popovich being a really defensive counter-attacking sort of side? Or is that what it was down to you? Or was it more just down to the fact that the weather conditions with the rain, the wind and the heavy pitch made it really difficult for both sides to really create clear-cut opportunities in the first half? I think it was probably more. It was probably more the weather coupled with, with um, the way both sides seemed to sort of you know have approached this game. Like Raw did have a ton of chances that they really sort of you know didn't 
I didn't really sort of uh, test even Ivan Kalava in the first first half, but they sort of had opportunities which they blazed wide and high and and whatnot in the first half. But uh, by, by that token, victory as well, they seem very stagnant as well in the first half. It may have been a case of they would maybe conserving energy, knowing they ain't played less than 72 hours prior, and you know, and maybe rather than go going out and burn the candle at both ends, they um they certainly sort of you know maybe pace themselves in the first half. But um it was a really um I think dour is the word I'm probably looking for that you know that first half and that you know, neither team really sort of you know, took the game by the scruff of the neck. Absolutely, dour is probably the right way to describe that first half. The second half of us need to liven up very early with Alex Parsons getting his first goal of the season. Really good work down the right hand side to set him up. It was a go- it was a goal that the game needed and a great moment for Alex Parsons who's looked really good hasn't he since he's returned from that injury. We saw what he did at the back end of last year when he really lit up the A-League at the end of the year with the Raw and, and really helped propel them into that home final. He's missed a lot of the season, unfortunately, due to injury, but this was a really good reward for a player who's worked hard to get back and took his goal nicely. It sort of makes you wonder in a way, you know, where where Alex Parsons would be if it, he wasn't, the season wasn't cruel by injury. You know, he, since he's come back, he, from from the, from the moment he stepped back on the pitch, pretty much after coming back from injury, he, he has looked an omnipresent threat for the for the raw, like one of one of the few players that has really gone out there, and, and you know other other teams could almost say, "Wow, this this player, you know, is is a threat." And uh, he he's sort of really sort of starting to show himself as you know part of the future of the club as far as the the attacking the creativity goes. Uh, how far that goes um, by himself and a few of his teammates that remains to be seen. But he certainly, you know taking a few steps forwards, even after his you know, meteoric rise uh, at the back end of last season. Undoubtedly, he has done that. We talked about Tony Popovich earlier. He was certainly very vocal about the fact that the, the less than 72 hours break certainly affected his side, along with the heavy pitch. But he must have been really proud, Adam, with the way his side fought back from a goal down to get something out of the game. They did get their award with Francisco Margiotta crossing the wall from a, a second phase of a corner for Brendan Hamill, a near, a near post he- header. It was point blank, but it was a good goal for them. And Probably something they ultimately did deserve, didn't they? They did, yeah. They they um they really after that goal was scored, they really sort of, you know went to the task and uh, to, to to at least equalise. And look, to be frank, they probably even probably deserved to to almost take the leap. It wasn't for uh, a, a great Jordan Holmes one-one save on a from a breakaway. Marco Ras has been in sensational form, but you felt like victory. Victory, you know, once Rojas came on, once Nicolas D'Agostino came on, they looked a better team. And, in fact, I'd say the Raw probably would be happy to, to get away with a point, given given the form of those players. So, um, yeah, it was a, second half was yeah, a really good game of football in, in the conditions. And I think um, as a, at the top, I think both coaches at various stages would be pleased with the outcome. I think so. In that little five, ten-minute spell, that was Victory's best spell in the game. You mentioned the save from Jordan Holmes or Marco Rojas. It was a great save. It's it's the sort of save that you really need your number one goalkeeper to make. If you've got a goalkeeper who is of a good standard, which Jordan Holmes clearly is an outstanding goalkeeper, he's had to wait a long time this year to get his opportunity, given Macklin Frank got the first chance. He did quite well in goal as well. But Jordan Holmes has done really well since he's come into the side. And that was a really crucial save, wasn't it? It was. And uh, it's almost a point. It's a point save, two points, so oh, sorry, point save basically, uh, and and probably denied Melbourne victory two points because you nine out of ten times you'd almost back Marco Rojas to, to score from that. That's how good his form has been in the last month or so. So, uh, an excellent save by um, by Jordan Holmes. And look, I think clearly he's he's taken that number one spot. He, he's sort of been left down by his defence a couple of times this season, but. Uh, but I think overall, I think I think definitely he he looks to have the number one one shirt for the keeping for the um, at least the foreseeable future. I think absolutely he's got the number one shirt for now. No doubt about that. And the Raw did push forward in the last ten minutes to try and get that winner to to keep their season alive, but they weren't quite able to do so, were they? And it just they had the best opportunities in the last 10, 15 minutes. They just weren't able to take them. Yeah, that, that's right. And it's um. Uh, so they, they they tried and but again I think it's also emblematic of the season they've had is that uh, that while while you now obviously the Alex Parsons goal was a cracking goal uh, eight, 18 shots on goal and only two shots on target probably sums up the wastefulness of um, their of their attack and while look we encourage them to shoot on sight you'd hope that uh, you know one in every not more than one in every nine 
would actually trouble the keeper. And that's uh, and that's where sort of the shoot-on-site policy does be shown up as, you know, almost a waste at times because um, you at least want to hit the target in most in in most regards. But two out of 18, I, I don't know if, uh, if you know, it comes down to Warren Moon would be very happy with that start. Conversion has certainly been an issue, and Warren Moon has certainly voiced his displeasure at times at the lack of conversion over the course of the season. Actually, speaking of Warren Moon, let's hear what the Brisbane Royal coach had to say on Monday evening after the side's one-all draw with Melbourne victory at that Mortonelli Stadium. We just carried on from um, the road trip away. And uh, look, the points aren't there, but the performances are, and, and, and the positive signs leading into next season are there for us for sure. How tricky was it out there with, I guess, given the heavy pitch and the changeable... It wasn't just that it was raining, but it was sort of on and off and changing. There was a bit of wind around as well. Yeah, that's right. There was, and it was difficult, but our boys handled it well. And, you know, it was a pretty good match considering the uh, conditions, I think. Um, I guess that mathematically removes the potential of finals. Um, what are the aims for the last couple of games of the season from you guys? Yeah, look, in reality, you know, finals for us was gone weeks ago. Uh, it's about performance now. It's about pride in the shirt, um, finding people for next season in terms of what we're doing internally with the young boys getting opportunity. Eli was good today. Um, f finding players that want to stand up and, and be counted and play for the club and, and play the right way. And I think that's what we've, uh, we've tried to instill in the boys in the last few weeks. We uh, have had performances there. And um, now it's about trying to find some results. But you know, we'll take every positive we can out of these remaining games leading into next season because... You know, <clears throat> we're not where we want to be, and we certainly don't want to stay there next season. You know, that's that's going to be an aim of ours to make sure we improve. And you know, you look at the squad now. You know, for me, we're two, three good players away from being a very good side that could shake it with the best in the A League. You know, so if we can get the right uh, recruitment and, and players in, um, you know, I've got no doubt with the group we've got here, we can we can give anyone a, a, a game on that day. First. When you mentioned that Eli goes first, I think you're really happy with him. Is that something we're going to see in the last couple of games? Those players like Eli and some of the other young guys in the squad getting extended minutes in, on the field to get used to the A-League level? Yeah, for sure. You know, like, you know, he put in a, a good training week, a great performance against MacArthur. He deserved the start. Uh, we're not doing it for the sake of it. You know, but the disappointing thing for me is that he's an 18-, 19-year-old kid and uh, we've got players in our team that uh, you know, have had opportunities all year. And even even today, you know, I don't mind saying it. I'm not happy with everyone's um, effort levels today in terms of what we require from the squad. And young boys showing the way. It shouldn't be the way for our squad. And that's where we need to readdress that for next season and make sure, you know, if it's our imports, if it's, you know, senior boys, they need to make sure they're on it and uh, leading the way. But uh, really, really pleased, I think, with some young boys today, especially Eli. And that was Warren Moon in his official post-match press conference on Monday afternoon out there at Redcliffe. Adam, and it's very interesting what he said there at the end of that clip where we just heard there talking about the younger players leading the way. They certainly have done that in the last few weeks, haven't they? Eli Adams, we mentioned, off, this, off his first start this weekend, Alex Barthes with the goal. The young players really are leading the way right now, aren't they? He's not wrong. Um, no, I think I think that's almost clear and evident. So, you know, any any raw supporters watch watch more than five minutes of the side that is the young players are the ones that are stepping forward, taking the opportunities, um, and pay, maybe the exception of you know of some maybe of a Jay O'Shea. Uh, some of the other, I think, senior players may be lacking a little bit as far as, you know, their performance goes for, for whatever reason. And like I said, not going to point fingers uh, specifically at, at players, but uh, they, they know they know who they are, know who they were. Because um, I think a number of those players who have underperformed, uh, you find they haven't had, haven't had much to do with the starting or match day squad for a while now. And uh, I think that's probably, again, I think it's more of a tale of the season that it, it is the forward progression of the young players that come through the academy or come through you know, MPL backgrounds who have come to the fore come the season end where players that was expected to lead the side uh, that you now they, they sort of haven't really been up, up to standard or, you know, at least just you know, shown, you know, fight and tenacity that the, that the shirt deserves. So I, I imagine there's going to be obviously changes, big changes uh, come, come the uh, you know, off season. Uh, but certainly the, the young players have come through, have really sort of, you know, shown valor this season.
Absolutely. And in terms of the young core draw have, actually, it's a very good young group because you mentioned guys like the Alex Parsonses of the world. You did mention Cyrus Demi, but you've also got Eli Adams, even players like your Ramadic Baris and your Kai Turins who are a little bit a little bit older than those guys, but they're all also young players who've really come along this year. There's a really good nucleus of young guys there now for the Raw who they can probably look at and say, right, we've got a good young group here. If we can just get the right players around them, this team could be going in the right direction next year. Oh, absolutely, and uh, that's that's been a repeat theme for Warren Moon. Is that uh, that they that this squad is a couple of players away from being a good team, and uh, again, I think that that's evident where in the positions where they've sort of been let down or they've been sort of you know been a bit threadbare as far as you know you know be it creativity, be it scoring up front, you know maybe sort of you know occasionally you know that that defensive rock sitting in front of the, the defenders. I think it, that's where where the, the quality has sort of been lacking for the Raw. If you compare it to other other squads that are certainly on the upward way and head towards finals football, I think that's where the difference is. But as, as, a, as a squad, um, it's a good young nucleus to build off. Again, the recruitment will be no more important than ever coming in this, in this off-season because, again, this will be a case of, you know, you... You know, you could you could really do something with this squad if you put the right players in the right in the right places, but also as well, you you make the same mistakes and you could almost ruin this generation of players. So it is um, it can't be understated enough that you know it is a big a big off season you know in terms of recruitment. Recruitment is always very important. Yeah, we know that. And one player who will form part of that recruitment, although he joined a bit early, and now is Connor Chapman. He made his debut on Monday afternoon. Adam, player number one ninety six of the Brisbane Raw. The 30th debutant in the Warren Moon era in the 14th this season. What do you make of his little cameo in terms of his first opportunity off the bench after coming back from injury? Uh, look, it was, it was fair. Um, like I said, I think it's more of a case of just get get him out, have a run around um, in in his squad. He might he might uh, might have more meaningful you know minutes you know, in the in the upcoming three games. But look, I think whatever he does this season, uh, he'll be he'll be better next season for it. I think he as a, a utility player that can both play in the centre of defence as well as that defensive midfield. He's going to be very important as a utility player. So. I think I think that they they don't want to push him. Maybe if he's if he's been injury prone, I think they've just got to be very careful not to aggravate what was a serious um, was a serious calf injury. I do believe it was uh, that he got out of career, even though we've heard other stories of what it may have been um, over over the weekend. But uh, but uh, yeah, look, I think I think yeah, it's serviceable, but I, I think you expect something uh, in the next campaign. Yeah, get him 100% fit for the preseason and go from there is probably the way to go. Now, and why don't you continue on with your three, two, one? You are up for our Player of the Year vote. This year, we are where all three of us, myself, Adam and James, vote vote for the Brisbane, for our our Brisbane Football Review Player of the Year, and one person pu- publishes their votes this week, and it's Adam Adamson this week. What have you got? Uh, yes, yeah, so three points, Alex Parsons, for obvious reasons. Uh, two points, Eli Adams, and uh, one point, Jordan Holmes. Now, uh, we did, ha- obviously, being Anzac Day, um, what did you make of, I guess, the occasion in general? It was a good occasion. Well, it was the Raw's biggest home crowd all season, about 7,000 people in attendance, which is, I said, the Raw's biggest crowd of the year. And given the weather and the conditions up there, that was a really good effort to get that sort of crowd up there. So the occasion seems to be growing quite nicely. It's, it's something that, in other sports, it's become a really big day on the sporting count. It's obviously a big day on the national calendar, generally speaking. And the Raw have done really well to build this event out, Adam, haven't they? And it's the second time they've been able to do it. They've not been able to do it for the last couple of years because of the pandemic, obviously. But for this occasion, although it was a really good occasion, they did it really well. And again, the crowd was really strong for a game, which if it was a little bit low, you could understand because of the conditions. But it it was quite a good occasion, wasn't it? It was. um, I said 7,000 there. and like I said, I think that's probably going to be the biggest crowd of the season. I I can't see him getting seven thousand to. I, I actually doubt I get seven thousand combined for final home games, and that's no disrespect anyone other Sydney than that. We all don't. None of us like Sydney. <laughs> yeah, on a Tuesday night in a nothing game, oh, you might be. That might be. That might be a hard sell for the uh, Brisbane Raw marketing team. But um, look, be that as it be that as it may. Um, yeah, look, it is, it is the occasion, and yeah, it's a bit of a shame that the rain did sort of spoil the parade, because I think that would have been a bumper crowd had it been, you know, 30 degrees and dry. And hello to the Brisbane Royal Marketing team, if they do happen to be <laughs> listening to this. Now, you did turn up even earlier 
on the on the day on Monday up there at at um Morton Daly Stadium for the Brisbane Royal Legends game. Why don't you talk us through the events? Because I got there with about five minutes to go, so I've not much use on this one. What what talk us through it? Well, the the game, if you were not aware, uh, that was on the, the curtain raiser was the Brisbane Royal Legends, uh, led by uh, I'd say that he is probably the captain emeritus, um, Matt Mackay. If you need to look up what the word emeritus means, uh, that that means that he seems to be the captain of everything. I would um, agree with that. I had to look that up, but I would agree with that. Yeah, but. Um, and amongst obviously a, a, a number of few players, including a very very fit looking Enrique, he uh, he looked very well. Uh, they they played the uh, one one twenty minute half against a Queensland Police Service team, and then the second half against uh, an Australian Army team. And uh, in the scores eight three over two halves, uh, seven two at half time. So uh, the the legends really sort of dispensed with. Uh, Spent with the, the uh, with the cops, but then uh, the army the army guys were sort of bit of pride to make it one all in the second half. But uh, yeah, Enrique scored a few goals, uh, uh, and uh, I know uh, our good friend Royce Brownlee actually got in the score share as well. I actually got up and cheered for that one. Um, You'd never do such a thing. That's <laughs> But um, but look over overall look it, it was a good bit of a style just some you know some decent play even even the Colonel Shane Stefanudo out there uh, r- rampaging down that left wing uh, I think it was always fun to watch but look I, I you know as a bit of a nostalgia um, look it's 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 great to see some of the old old plays out there again but also as well the, the important thing to understand that you know it it was for a good cause and uh, yeah look at the end of the day no serious injuries and uh, everyone had a good time I think it's. At the end of the day, it's all that matters. Absolutely. Nor did this really well, don't they, in all fairness, in terms of bringing back the legends of the past in this game every year. They haven't... Did they just... They didn't... Last year's game, unfortunately, got postponed also because of the weather, didn't it? So they've done this a few times. It's really good to see them bring back the legends and and, and just to bring back some of those old memories. I think this is uh, the second game that the legends have played on this. So I know they played a... Um, actually, I think it was a warm-up in... They had a 2019 game where, where uh, they... They played an MPL All Star team, so, so, so yeah. That um, I don't know if it was on Anzac Day, but I know it's a second. Michael Theo score in that. I think he did, but um, I'm pretty, pretty sure he did. Uh, yeah, but uh, look, I, I can't, I can't see this side going out and challenging, you know, you know a, um, a Manchester United or Liverpool legend side, which they seem to make uh, absolute killing on over overseas, but. Um, but yeah, look, it's good. It's good to see uh, those players outside. And just for the record, um, yeah, uh, John Castle-Ozno was not rested for the uh, Legends game. Um, was rested from the Lions game on Friday night for the Legends game on Monday. He actually did uh, return from uh, from bout of COVID. So, so but uh, but he he also got out there as well. But uh, look. It was a, it was not much more I can say about it other than you know, it, it was fun to see a lot of the you know the old times out there and and uh, out there having to run around. You said the Royal Legends might not be able to beat the Man United Legends, but they might be able to beat the Man United first in the way they're going. As we will swiftly move on to the news topics of the week, and we'll start off with the Brisbane Raw. In they they have officially been eliminated from the A League Finals race. Adam, they sit. 10 points behind six place matters with just three games remaining, so they cannot make the top six. I mean, we kind of knew for a while that the finals were going to be off the table, but looking ahead for the Australia Cup, if they if the Royal do finish, but they currently sit 11th on the table, if they finish lower than ninth, they will be playing a one off playoff against a team in the bottom four as well for a spot in the Australia Cup. Do you want to talk us through some of the mathematics of that? Because this is the second time it's happened, but this is the first time it's going to be happening right at the back end of the season. Yes, yeah, um, obviously a very interesting scenario that, you know, I don't know if uh, if fans sort of were aware of or, you know, were reminded of. Obviously, last season, the playoffs got played in, I think it was, uh, I think it ended up being all, late August, so September because of the COVID lockdowns and uh, lockouts of borders and whatnot. But um, it was just announced today that uh, that the... the uh, 
Australia Cup playoffs, the A-League teams, uh, we, we played uh, on between the 12th and 15th of May, which coincides with the first week of what would be the uh, A-League final series. And if if the season were, were to to end today, uh, Brisbane Raw will be going for a away trip to play the 10th place team, which is Western Sydney Wanderers, for a spot in the round of 32. And the other game would be Newcastle v Perth, I'm I'd say so. Um, yeah, so it's still, it, it's uh, it's an interesting one because obviously Raw last season you know, avoided the playoffs uh, by, by making by virtue of making the finals. They didn't have to worry about it. But um, a playoff at the end of the season, which uh, it, it may it may sort of you know work you know for or against you know, in terms of it's something to play for. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think, I don't think you want to be one of those two teams, especially going at the end of the season, um, to to miss out. I think, unlike unlike in the the first time there earlier this early last year, where it was really the first game of preseason, you could probably uh, walk away and say, oh, it's a preseason game. I think this the, the, these playoff games, I think you have a lot more meaning, um, because obviously that's going to really change the way you set up to the for the next season if you miss out on the uh, round of thirty two. Oh, it completely changes your pre-season. You, all of a sudden, you don't have to prepare for an early competitive game right at the start of pre-season. So it certainly does change that. These games, by the way, will be played on the weekend of May 13th to the 15th, which is elimination final weekend in the A-League men's competition. So it does add a little bit of extra meaning to it. And as, as you mentioned, it is 8th versus 12th and 9th versus... Oh, no, sorry. 9th versus 12th and 10th versus 11th is the way that the ties will be played out. And at the moment, you mentioned with Raw will be travelling to the West Sydney Wanderers. There are still three games to go. And you have to say it would be really it would be really advantageous if the Raw could get themselves back up into at least into that ninth or tenth spot and have a home game against one of the other sides to get themselves up the best chance possible of finishing the season on a high and also qualifying for the Cup. I think that would be the first objective. At least, get, if you're going to be playing the playoffs, at least get the home home file. And I don't think that's that's out of it's certainly not out of reach. Uh, I was just trying to look for the table at the moment. Uh, the A League table, uh, unfortunately, didn't have, don't have in front of me. But um, I believe they're only Raw ain't two points behind Wanderers in in um. Oh, Scott's frantically so, so looking Newcastle for Newcastle are in ninth on twenty five. West Sydney are tenth, also on twenty five. Brisbane are on in eleventh on twenty three. So there's less than a game between those yeah. three sides. So it's any, any one result could certainly tilt the thing, tilt the equation back in the favour of the Raw. And they do have some games in the last three, which are certainly their potential to get points from. So I think that that should be objective number one to try and get up to ninth spot at the very least and secure that home tie. But also they're only. They are only eight points behind Sydney FC, who sit in eighth spot. So that is still within reach. They do play Sydney FC as well on the last day. So it could very well come down to that. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But it does it does add some meaning to the end of the season for the Raw now, doesn't it, in terms of... I know a lot of people would like to see some relegation issues at the bottom end of daily competition. Perhaps one day that will come. But for the interim period, these these playoffs and trying to avoid them does add some meaning to the, to the end of the season, where otherwise in the past teams could just say that the season is done. Well, I know Perth have pretty much said the season's done already. I think they would I don't even think they care about the uh, Australia Cup, but uh, Well, they are officially locked into 12th place. So <laughs> yeah, for them it is so, done. So, uh, but uh look, but again, um, no, I I I I say that jokingly because maybe that's what um what Ruben Zakovic and his squad over there are looking at. If, if they're going to get anything out of this season, maybe a shock result on whoever finishes ninth, um, an ambush, maybe, maybe you know, one final result that you know that at least you know gives something to the season. So look, I think I think uh, I don't know at the end of the day if you know too many fans at the moment would be heartbroken if they are the fans of one or two sides that uh that miss out i don't think that's quite the same effect of relegation to miss out on the australia on the australia cup uh round of 32 but it certainly does you're right to your point about uh about it at least giving some meaning because certainly if uh, we can catch sydney on the on the final day to the point where if if the raw can win and knock sydney into ninth and the raw get the free ticket through look i think that'd be something cause worth celebrating for well, you mentioned what it, might, what it might mean. Well, what would it mean to you if the Raw ended up not being in the Australia Cup? Because I, I love the Australia Cup and what it represents in terms of unifying the game at the A-League level to the member federations. And having the Raw in that competition has been absolutely great, particularly last year when they played against teams like Peninsula Power and Lions. We actually got to see 
those two sides who've been the standard bearers in the NPL up here go up against Roar in competitive hitouts, not not preseason games where the Roar are fielding half a side, perhaps or not 100% invested. This was a 100% competitive game, and that I thought they were great. And for the, if the Roar aren't in that, I'd personally be disappointed. I'm confident they can get through the way they're playing at the moment. They, they might be sitting 11th on the table, but the form they're in at the moment, they've been quite good. So I would back them in against any of the teams in that bottom section if they have to play the playoff. But I'd I'd be disappointed if they weren't in the competition. No doubt about that. Yeah, you? no, no, I, I agree. So, so would I. I. I'd be disappointed as well. You know, as a raw fan, and as well as you know, as a media observer, that you know, you, like I said, the raw, the raw. You know, obviously, it does open up so many possibilities, especially in this part of the world. I, I don't know if they'll go. Hopefully, they they get rid of this regional. Yeah, you know, regional draw for this season. Now that everything's opened up again, uh, I guess. That, yeah, I I think so. It'd be interesting to see where where it could end up, and you know, it'd be it'd be nice to see the Raw take on you know, a Victorian MPL Victor uh, MPL team. So, just 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 for just for a change up. So, look, um, yeah, I'd be disappointed, but uh, look, but it's not. It wouldn't be as disappointing as say, for example, Raw playing you know, one day in a national second division, for example. So. That that's that's a true you know, or worse yet, uh, facing one feeling at the moment for Everton, you know, who are currently in the relegation zone. You've certainly got some worrying weeks ahead in that regard, but we've yep. also Victoria, that's Southern Queensland. So playing Queensland is the raw we're playing that hype cycle. We'll move on from that before we get too deep into that into the transfer system, Adam, where there was a bit of news this week in terms of the long the long overdue transfer system overhaul has finally started to happen. So the Australian National Transfer System has moved one step closer as the cap on transfer fees has been removed. Now, this cap applies to players and clubs at the MPL level or Member Federation level who were previously limited to receiving no more than 50% of the value of the player's contract as a transfer. Now, I wasn't aware of this, Adam, but this is from the Football Australia's official statement, so I assume it is correct. So that has been removed. Now, Now clubs are free to negotiate whatever transfer fee they are capable of doing so, which will obviously allow for greater transfer fees for players in the NPL NPL setup, which is a good thing. Now, this does not allow A-League clubs to sign players from each other. That is a separate issue, which I think they're still working through. It does, however, allow A-League clubs to negotiate deals with NPL clubs for players who are on full-time deals, and it allows NPL clubs to negotiate with rival MPL clubs for players. This is, it obviously is a positive first step, Adam, towards a transfer system that we would all like to see, but it's still got a ways to go. It's it's a step in the right direction. I think it's an absolute no-brainer. That that cap, I I still for the life of me do not understand why that cap was ever in place. But you know, at the end of the day, for the free transfer market system, you know, if if a, if a club wants, if an A-League club came comes knocking, come comes knocking and says, "Oh, we want, we want a we want a player." And if this player is on, say for example, hundred dollars a week, and it's only fifty, so fifty, so say for example, you know, fifty percent of that, that that's, that's absolute, it's absolute. You know, I'm not, using, uh, I'm trying to find the right words. It's it's, I'm it's not exploitation. It was almost exploitation, but it was bargain basement stuff. You know, if if and I say an MPL club now can. Conversely, can say, you know what? We think this play is worth a hundred thousand dollars, and if an A League club thinks that's over, that's overpriced. Oh well, move on. And that they're well within their right. I, I, again, obviously, with a lot of this transfer we see it all around the world. You know, if obviously if an A League club comes calling, I think the player and their their agent or their father or mother or whoever's representing them obviously may may sort of do what they can to, to get that but at the end of the day um at least at least it allows the, these MPL clubs to try and you know cash in some revenue selling one or two players to an alien club could set up them their financial security for the next couple of years you know you know some of some of the players that are playing in the lower lower leagues you know potentially if their their, their true value gets realized you know, that, that, that could be absolute pay dirt for um for the MPL clubs and the, across the country. I think you know, a more prosperous you know MPL means you know a prosperous um ecosystem in general for football. Absolutely, and it also allows for clubs to sell players interstate because we know there's plenty of cashed up clubs yeah. down south. Some of them don't mind going interstate and bringing in a whole host of players at once. So it certainly allows clubs to be able to sell off one or two and potentially bring in the revenue for that. And then you don't maybe you don't have to lose four or five. You only lose 
one or two because you're selling them instead of letting them go down there for nothing. So that's the other one, other thing. But also, I, I said it, this this change does not allow A League clubs to sign players from each other. But that seems like it's only only like a cup only it's on the way surely, right? I mean, if this change if they are this change has been made now and there's still further changes to go and they've already indicated that this is only step one and that they do want to bring in a transfer system where you can sign players from one A League club to another. That seems like it may happen what potentially in the off season perhaps? Oh, it, it, it has to happen. It, now that now this has gone through, it, you're making a what was a relatively broken system be completely broken if this does if that second part where A League clubs can't can't um you know you know negotiate between themselves, then it turns into a completely broken system because it means you've got a two way system. So it again, I think this this ruling probably then wedges that second part, and I think and hopefully for the the sake of the whole domestic transfer system or the new proposed one, that there yeah, this this is only a catalyst to ensure that you know the second part, which is the A League clubs make you know sell players amongst themselves, uh, you know is a reality. Maybe it is, yeah. Maybe right now is not the time to be talking about that. Obviously, in the midst of you know the business end of the season, but surely between May and you know, September, October, you know this year, they can finally you know sell on that second part and finally get the domestic transfer system up and running. Then we just need to find a way to be able to normalise A League clubs, especially selling players back to to the NPL and also loading them out to those levels. Or that's the other phase that needs to be worked on. We'll look ahead now, Adam, to the preseason friendlies, which are uh, rumoured to be being announced in the next 24 hours or so. It was reported today or Wednesday, depending on when you are listening to this, it was on Wednesday, Marco Monteverde of news.com.au reporting that Brisbane Raw are likely are expected to play against Leeds United on the Gold Coast and Aston Villa in Townsville in early July, or mid, early to mid-July, Adam. Those two Premier League, I was going to call them Giants, they're not really Giants, are they? They're mid-table <laughs> sides in general. Those two Premier League sides will play at Suncorp Stadium on July 17, the Raw will play Leeds on the Gold Coast before that fixture. They'll play Aston Villa in Townsville after that. I know you're terribly excited by these matchups, aren't you? It's, it, in all fairness, it is a very good thing, isn't it, to have, to have some really good preseason fixtures early in the thing, early in the preseason that will will give the players something to aim for early on. Ah, uh, look. Uh, if I take off my, you know, my Everton cap uh, off and sort of look at this objectively, look, uh, Leeds and Aston Villa both—they've got a decent following up up here in these parts. So there's certainly going to be plenty of um, plenty of you know, Leeds and Aston Villa supporters that will, you know, probably never have a chance to to go and see them at Elland Road or at um, and I can't think of their name, Villa Park. Is their home ground? Um, yeah, in in their lives, perhaps. So it's probably a good opportunity for them to to uh, to see it. But um, but yeah, look uh, look as a result, and you know, and as a performance, it's not going to be a big deal. But obviously, you know, for the I guess the the football economy and just the you know, being notoriety and whatnot, and some football action, I think it's a it's a good thing. And they're all done pretty well in these games in the past, haven't they? That was too. They played against Liverpool a few years ago. Lost that game, unfortunately, on a bit of a deflection. There, they played quite well. The young, the youth team actually played the second half, and they were outstanding in that game. Everton were also quite fortunate to get to beat the Raw back in 2010 as well. So, the Raw have got a history of doing quite well in these games. And I wouldn't rule out, given early in pre-season, they might get a result in one of these games and shock the Premier League side. Ah, uh, you forget one big friendly result where they actually won. Which game was that? They uh, that the Raw beat the current uh, UEFA Champions League semi-finals Villarreal. Oh, Villarreal! I forgot about that. Yeah, so it, it, uh, at the back end of the season, they were obviously they were admittedly out here on a uh, pretty much end of season junket, but still, that's uh, Raw two, Villarreal one, and uh, and uh, yeah, the uh, yellow sub uh, limped back to to Spain on, on that occasion after after a very, very good holiday out here. But I'm um, looking all, in all seriousness. Um, yeah, look, I think uh, I think I've said the, um, the, the, the rumour is that the uh, game between uh, Leeds and Aston Villa will be played at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday, July 17, I do believe. I reckon that you'll get a healthy crowd for that. Uh, again, you know, you don't, I know, I know it is early pre-season for for everyone, uh, especially for the Raw, especially in their two games. But um, 
Yeah, look, uh, both those teams will be probably about a month away from from starting the the new Premier League season. So I think they'll they'll be you know, a decent game of football, uh, and I think that yeah, the crowd will probably come out for that one. It's a little bit optimistic. Optimistic saying Leeds will definitely be starting the Premier League season. It might be a championship season for them, but we'll have to wait and see. But I think that game. Oh my also... God, I hope so. <laughs> the way we, the you way it's going, I'm in all seriousness, I do think that game will be sold out, no doubt. Two 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 big name English teams, that game will absolutely be a sellout. And you mentioned um just onto the final issue, you mentioned Spanish sides and postseason junkets. Barcelona are coming out to Australia oh, in next month for the A League All Stars clash. And it was announced today, Adam, that Dwight York will be coaching that side. You got any thoughts on that one? Yeah, all night Dwight uh, getting his first managerial uh, gig, uh, which he apparently denies. <laughs> I, I don't know uh, what that's all about. But look, uh, to be honest, like I think it's um, I think it's a good thing. Uh, seeing Dwight York back, he uh, you know, for the for those who haven't been around the A League for the entire road, he he was the original marquee player that launched the A League back in two thousand five six. Uh, you know, obviously one one. Won the uh, championship with uh, with Sydney FC first up, so he he obviously did his part to get the A League off the ground. And uh, 15 years later, it's good to see him back. He maybe will be coaching in the A League next year as well, if you believe some of the reports out mm. west. Let's see, let's see if that ends up coming to fruition. But we will move on to what we'll call a mini MPL Sunday on Wednesday night. Adam, there were two round one fixtures. We'll go through very very briefly here. Peninsula Power 5 0 over Brisbane City. They took out the Foundation Cup for the second time in a row and the third time in four seasons up there at AJ Kelly Park. And the Olympic won, East won in the other game. We'll, do, we'll talk about that one in a minute. Firstly, Peninsula Power, they were, it took them a little while to get going, but when they got going, they were really strong, weren't they? Uh, I think the the, the, uh, the defending premiers are clicking along five five goals tonight, five straight wins, three football foundation cups now for them. So I think uh, they I think they've found their groove as far as you know the you know the side you know performing, and they've got a big game uh, this Sunday coming up against uh, one of the sides that were in the other game tonight. And uh, and yeah, look uh, at at the moment, I'd say that they will probably start favourites in that game on Sunday night. They do play Olympic on Sunday evening at Goodwood Park. Will be a great game. That will talk about East East and Suburbs first, Adam. This is four points in a couple of days against two sides who were Premiership favourites or pre- teams who were projected to be Premiership contenders this year. Gold Coast Knights away on Sunday. Now they get a point against Olympic. That's a really good set of results for a side who I know I thought were going to struggle this year, and it looks like in the early evidence they look like they're going to be very much the opposite. Well, that's four points that we probably didn't project them to to actually get, you know. See, so look, East, um, again, I they 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 ain't their moniker this season. They're going to prove a lot of people wrong, including us two, uh, as far as you know where they're going to finish. Because that's if they, I guess the the cautionary tale about East is that yes, they're doing it against the um, the top clubs, and they have had a habit in the past. It's the other clubs that you know, are probably around their standard and probably lower on the table are the ones they seem to fault against. So if they can get their uh, issues against them and perform against those sides, look, um, I don't know about finals football at, at this stage, but I think you know, a top you know a top six finish, you know, uh, top half of the table is certainly not beyond them. But uh, look, based on the evidence of the two last two games in the last. Uh, last four days, uh, they're, they're as good as any side at the moment. To keep this up, they will certainly knocking on the door of the finals. I'll go to the table very, very briefly. Olympics sits up on the table on 17 points. Lions, I see, are second on 15 with a game in hand. Power are in third on also 15. Gold Coast Knights in fourth. East in fifth. Sunset Coast Wanderers, Gold Coast United, Logan, Brisbane Raw Academy round out the mid-table. Brisbane City down there in 10th on four points. And Capalaba and Morton Bay are in the relegation. So, and currently there are still four games from this round to be played next week, midweek, Adam. But we won't worry about any of that for now. Looking ahead to the weekend quickly, is it the Olympic power game that is of most interest to you? Or is there something else out there that you're interested in? No, the Olympic Olympic power is always a big occasion. Uh, it's always a game that has a lot of niggle, a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, you know, Desperation, sort of, and sometimes even a bit of spite. Uh, I think because I know that the way that you know, sometimes power play against uh, Olympic, it really bothers them and it really you know annoys them. So uh, if if they decide to go 
go down that path again, it could be one of those games where, you know, I'm not so sure that it's going to remain 11 v 11. I think it's it can be a very, very spot for rivalry at the best of times, but also as well, plenty of good footballs on show. So I think this is clearly the game of the week. Um, on the on the other bookend of the um, of the of this round, uh, Gold Coast Knights looking to bounce back against Brisbane Raw on Friday night as well. That's uh, that's going to be a big game for both sides as well because I think Raw will be keen to sort of you know to get back to to winning ways if they get if they're going to want to repeat what they did last year. Gold Coast Knights they're they're um they're sitting in the battle three straight losses which yeah oh yeah so they they uh, it's it's. Yep, Two it be a... Yeah, yeah. So uh, they they really need to sort of you know rebound quickly as well if they if their uh, premiership hopes are still going to be in check. Very important game for the former raw manager, for, former raw raw player Scott McDonald there down there on the Gold Coast, and I think have to see what happens there next week. We will. If, by the way, if you do have any interest in the NPL, we do have an NPL Sunday show out every Sunday night where we recap every game of the weekend in the NPL, men's, women's, and FQPL. So keep an eye out for that on Sundays. We'll move on, Adam, however, to the weekend A-League men's clash down in Adelaide, the Raw's final road game of the regular season. Away to Adelaide, you know, Saturday evening at Cooper's Stadium. They played twice this year, a nil-all draw in round three, a 3-1 win for Adelaide in round 11. What are your thoughts on this one? This is, is It's probably the toughest game left for the Raw, but... I think they match up okay against Adelaide, don't they? Uh, it's always an interesting game against Adelaide, especially in Adelaide. Uh, there's been some results in the past where the Raw have gone in, especially as underdogs, and, and shocked Adelaide. And uh, and look, I think um, I think this is going to be a very, very even contest. I think it's going to be a case of who who shows up and takes their opportunities on the night. It's going to um, walk away with uh, with three points. Uh, Adelaide at the moment they're they're travelling very nicely in in uh, in the finals race. So I think they're they're all but safe as far as finals football goes. But I also don't think that they'll um, take the fall off the pedal just yet. So. Um, so I think yeah, it's it's going to be a game where it's it's going to be it's going to be tight. I think that the Raw certainly can go in confident you now, especially in their current form, that they they can get something out of this. But um, but also as well, beware of Adelaide because I think they they're tuning up just nicely for the finals. This is also a game where there's plenty of red cards in this fixture, particularly down in Adelaide, no less. So I think also whichever like keep keep eleven players on the field might also find themselves in the best position to win this game. I was uh, talking about you know, power and uh, Olympic as a game that can be pretty spiteful. This one, you know, definitely can be uh, very, very, very spiteful. And uh, like I said, certainly a lot of red cards over the years have been shown to both uh, those in red and those in orange or whatever colour the Raw choose to kit up in on Saturday night. So, uh, look, that's always a fascinating part part of it uh that you know these two sides it is almost a, a mini rivalry in a way. I think it's more, I think rather than a... More than more than just like a you know, a geographical or a, you know a you know a just a, a rivalry just based on you know this is this is a, a rivalry on the pitch. I think uh, both sides they have very both clubs have very similar uh, recruiting sort of strategies as far as uh, Queensland Queensland based players for the Raw. I know uh, Adelaide are very very proud of their South Australian. Um, young players, so it, it's two very very similar sides, and uh, I think that's they're, they're very very common in a lot of areas, and that sometimes, you know, makes for very very competitive football. Absolutely, hopefully they all don't wear orange. By the way, that would just bring back bad memories from the last time they were orange down in South Australia. That did not go well back in season three. But in terms of, we saw obviously Thomas Christensen put the gloves on out in Adelaide in the, <laughs> in the last couple of minutes once before. If you had to pick one player from the outfield from the Raw to go in goal, who would you pick? Oh jeez, um, geez, that's a good question. Uh, Hopefully, it doesn't uh, come to this, but I reckon Clyde Bruno would be all right for a one-off penalty save. Uh, look, uh, look at the moment. I, I'd say put Alex Parsons in there. I think, I think everything is going touching is such a goal. Or actually, sorry, Eli Adams. I, I think that you know, <laughs> let let him take the gloves. He he seems to be uh, going well at the moment. But God, I hope it doesn't come to this because that means we've lost we've lost Jordan Holmes and Macklin Freak. So. Uh, that would be an absolute disaster. So uh, let's hope it never comes to that. But uh, but yeah, it's always fun to think about uh, who which outfield players and who would be on the depth chart if uh, if both keepers went down. Absolutely. What is, what's your just quickly? What's your prediction for this one? 
Uh, look, I think it'd be a uh, two-all draw. I think it's uh, I think again, I think it's gonna be high scoring. It's gonna be tight. I think it's gonna be it's a good game. I I, I reckon. As I was gonna say, a score draw as well. I think the Raw are playing quite well at the moment. At the moment, the last couple of games, they did really well actually on their most recent road trip as well, down to Sydney and Melbourne. So I think they can continue that road form and get a point away to Adelaide. Could be a very handy point in the context of their season. But I think that the it's certainly a game where the Raw can get a point out of this and. Should be quite a fun game to watch, actually, as well. Yeah, I think also as well in the key for the Raw, they've got to shut down Craig Goodwin. Yeah, they like, might uh, want to he, do that. He scored two in the last game he, against. Yeah, them. he he seems to enjoy scoring against the Raw for fun. So they they shut him down. I think their chances improved. But if they let him if they let him uh, run wild. Yeah, it might be a long night down down the city of Churches. Let's hope not. And just quickly, we've got a couple of minutes. Adam, it was the tenth anniversary last week of the Raw's second. Grand final win over the Perth Glory by two goals to one. What's your memories of that afternoon? For me, it was a an afternoon which was just it was an amazing afternoon. It wasn't quite as special as the first one, but it was it was absolutely incredible to be there. It was a great atmosphere as well. Yeah, it was a penalty. That's I was going to get to that. <laughs> That's my memory. Look, uh, it was it was a great uh, a great uh, occasion, and uh, I do also remember it was a very very great night as well uh <laughs> i think yeah, out all, all, all hours of the morning i think i uh, end up uh actually uh joining the players at the uh normanby i do believe it was uh that night uh for a very very long night of celebrations but look uh the game itself uh, it, it was a game that you know it didn't reach any great heights uh up until probably the last 15 minutes when the raw sort of had to get desperate after um after Perth got on the scoreboard, thanks to Ivan Frankenstein goal. Uh, but look, the other memory I'd say, look, Bess Barisha. You know, if we we didn't know he was a special player, you know, before that he he was because you know, and he's sort of that's where we got we came up in the moniker, big game best. You know, a, a gorgeous header, you know, to to equalise and then you know winning that penalty and look and be in all seriousness. Penalty or not, the fact that he was still driving at at the at players in the 91st minute, you know, trying to look for the win rather than playing for playing for extra time, again that shows his competitive uh, spirit. It was certainly the first time we'd really seen big game best in action, wasn't it? And it was also quite you're right because right, he did keep going right to end in a game where the Raw were clearly a bit heavy legged, given they had the Champions League game midweek. They were certainly a bit fatigued by the end of it. They kept going and found a way against the Perth side who were down to 10 men and had. One shot on goal for the entire game. In fact, it was actually a shot from the Raw in their own net because that's the only time the, the Glory had a shot on goal. So it was a game which they controlled for large for pretty much all of it, wasn't it? And I know Glory felt a bit hard done by with the penalty decision, but I think it, I think it was a penalty, but I also think if it had gone to extra time, I think the Raw would have gone on and won quite comfortably anyway. Yeah, no, I think so. You know, the numerical, the numerical advantage, you know, was always going to tell. In the end, Raw were coming home like a like a speeding train. I just don't, I don't forget. Even, even if, uh, if fate would have it, and uh, there wasn't a penalty. Look, it could, it could have been, you know, three, four, one after extra time. I know we're we're spitballing, you know, as far as you know, alternate sort of you know realities. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't see Perth, you know coming back from that anyway. Maybe to lose that in 90 was maybe more merciful. Hear that far post Perth? It was a penalty and we will move on from that. I think hopefully it's not too long before we see the Raw back in the grand final, Adam. Uh, It'd be nice. Uh, I I think think the the rebuild, the rebuild, you know, at least it's, I think it's going to go up. So look, it'd be nice to get a orange Sunday four uh, in the near future. We'll see if we can make that happen. But that will do it for this of the Brisbane Football Review. Get in touch with us on all those social media platforms. Don't forget the NPL Sunday show as well. We'll be back once again next week to discuss all things related to the Brisbane Raw.